Hey everyone, this is Jody back here with the Heartway Pastor and Missionary Caregiver Podcast. I hope you guys have had a good week so far. I hope you guys have been able to tune in to the other episodes we've recorded recently about the body and our perception of the body and how really there just needs to be a complete mindset change about how we view the body and why that's important and how that affects our our thinking and uh, how we treat other people and it's just really an important thing to consider. Today we're going to uh, kind of still continue on with this idea of looking at intentions, looking at our worldview, and we're going to discuss specifically developing a heart of understanding. And so over the past few months, I have been hosting webinars on understanding and ministering to those with mental illnesses. And each month we address a new mental illness. So far we have looked at bipolar disorder, depression, and anxiety. The next one we will do will be geared toward understanding and ministering to the children who have mental illnesses and their parents. And so I I really encourage you to sign up for those to get plugged in with those. Um, The best way to to do that, um, if you're not following me on social media, on Instagram or on Facebook, uh, would be then to email me at jodie at heartwaycare.org. And then I can get you the... Uh, link for that when we have it next. Uh, The next one should be at the end of this month or the beginning of next month. I think one thing we can address right off the bat is that we can better minister to anyone if we have a better understanding of them. For pastors out there, you understand we can better minister to our church members when when we understand them better. We know what to teach on, what to preach on, and so on and so forth. For everyone else, it is difficult to minister to those around you, even family, if you don't understand them very well. Understanding takes time. Understanding takes relationship. Understanding takes asking questions and listening. Understanding takes not just listening, but observing, because sometimes it is difficult to put things into words that we feel and experience but have difficulty expressing. I love the terminology in the Bible that God knows us as believers because we let him into our deepest being, our spirit. He knows our heart. Our heart includes our soul and conscience. Our soul includes our mind, emotion, and will. And our conscience is a part of our spirit. Our spirit includes our conscience, fellowship, and intuition. Fellowship is communion with God, which is impossible before we are saved. Fellowship is to touch God. Intuition means to have a direct sense or knowledge. It is a sense without reasons, a sense that is not reasonable. It is a direct sense of God and a direct knowledge from God. The heart is not a separate part, addition to the soul and spirit, but instead a composition of all the parts of the soul and the conscience part of the spirit. As a human, we have a body, soul, and spirit. We don't have a fourth and separate part, the heart. God knows our heart. He can touch us deeply when we are saved, 
when he knows us and we know him. For us to know someone, right, it really means we truly understand them. So we can't, we, we really can't truly know someone at the heart level, right? Because we can't see their heart like God can. So really, the most intimate relationship we can have is then with God. However, we can do our best to get to know others by getting to understand them. This is the best way we can know them to love them. To illustrate, have you ever gotten a gift from someone that was just a real dud? A gift that meant very little because it showed no understanding of you, right? Like a Snickers bar for someone with a nut allergy or a pair of sunglasses for someone who wears glasses. I mean, how thoughtless can you be, right? We can go a little deeper with the five love languages. Those are physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, or gifts. Have you ever kept giving gifts as a way to show love to someone whose love language wasn't gifts? It's not very helpful, right? You, you think they would appreciate it and, and it would mean a lot more to them than it does. I mean, they're appreciative, but you can tell, like, it's just not the same as, as you would hope it would be. It doesn't have the same impact. Have you ever kept cleaning the house to show love to someone whose love language was physical touch? Uh, it doesn't go as far. I mean, not to say that helping around the house isn't a way to show we care for someone, but it hits differently, right, when we show someone love in their love language. And it just doesn't work to love someone in ways without first understanding them. We need to understand someone to love them better. We need to understand someone better to know how to minister to them better. If we look at this biblically, um, the story of the prodigal son, right? Uh, you have the younger son who went, on, went off and squandered his father's estate that he gave him. Uh, eventually he, he repents and he comes back to his father and his father is so excited and, and celebrates. And then you have, right, the older son who, who looks at his, his younger son who came back and is, is kind of upset by how his father has handled the whole situation, throwing him a party and whatnot. And so when we, when we take time and we really look at this from all perspectives, you have the younger son, you have the father, and you have the older son. So the father, the way I, I, I have started looking at this story, surely the father knows the younger son and the older son. He at least knows them better than we do. We, we, we know very little of them, of their character, of these things, except for what we can see from this short story. He, he's, he's been around them. He's uh, been there with him, with his sons. Uh, he, I, I, I would think that the father probably knows that the younger son isn't going to make the best decisions after he gives him his share of the estate. I, I would just 
put that out there. I mean, I know my kids, and they're probably not even the same age as this father's kids were. Uh, they're not there yet. And I, I, I just have a feeling about how they would handle um, a large sum of money if I, if I gave it to them and they went out and, and did their own thing. Uh, I can, because I know them, uh, I, I understand them to a degree. And so I feel like it's the same way with the father. I feel, I feel like the father gave the younger son his share of the estate, knowing that the younger son would not handle it wisely. And wow, I mean, when you sit there, <laughs> you take a look at that and, and think from the father's perspective, being willing to follow through and, and do that and in that situation i just i feel like there was some spiritual maturity there um because had the younger son not gone through that uh, he wouldn't have had the chance to learn to repent to understand really how much his father loved him how how difficult it was alone how challenging it is to uh, manage funds and and all of these things he wouldn't have had those experiences had his father not allowed him to have those experiences and then notice the father's spiritual maturity when the son comes back he, he loves him he, he he loves him he even even before the chance the the younger son had a chance to repent the the father was already glad to see him and then furthermore, when you think about how he threw him a, a party uh, and celebrated his return, he didn't yell at him. He didn't severely punish him, right? The, the younger son had already experienced enough pain and suffering without also getting it from his dad. He had already learned his lesson and experience the pain from that. And his father was spiritually mature enough and wise enough to see that. And then we, we look at the story from the perspective of the older son, right? Where the older son is a little jealous here and a little bit prideful. Like, you know, I didn't go do that. I, I've been faithful. I, I've, I've done what I should be doing. And yet here we are, the, his father celebrating um, his younger son who didn't make such wise decisions and in fact made a lot of bad decisions and wasted a lot of money. And yet the father still loves him and is excited. And so the older son here is just really not understanding of his father, right? We saw the the father's understanding of his younger son. The, the older son here is not very understanding of his father or the younger son. We don't, we don't see much understanding um, from, from uh, of, of either of these people. So there's not much spiritual maturity evident in the older son. 
In fact, maybe at this point, uh, the younger son might even be a little bit further along because at least he's had a heart change. Uh, we don't really know the heart of the older son. Is he saved or, or not? Is he, is he saved and just really at a low point in his faith and his spiritual journey? That we, we don't really have enough information to make that, uh, that call. And so the older son here, um, like, like I said, he doesn't show understanding towards his father or towards his younger son. And that's evident of his spiritual maturity. So it takes time, right? Like the time the father had with both of his sons. And it takes spiritual maturity and, and really knowing someone to understand them. And from a story like the prodigal son, we just see how important that is, right? I mean, I don't see how you can't see how important that is. Um, as you get older, it's important. With, if you have children, right, to know how to uh, best minister to them, how to understand them enough, to, to love them enough, to make them, to let them make mistakes, and then to, uh, to love them through those mistakes, understanding they're not perfect just like we aren't perfect. And and looking at the older son, there, there needs to come a point where we grow in our spiritual maturity, right? And we don't just keep judging others and getting jealous of others and being upset with others because we don't understand them, right? That, that ruins our opportunity to minister to them. And so when we seek to understand someone, we show them love, Right? That's one of the top two commandments. That's the second greatest commandment is to love others, right? The first is to love God, right? And so we take we should be taking time to understand God better through prayer, through reading his word, through studying his Bible uh, with others and, and through a church and, and, we, and, and following him in faith. And also uh, when we do this, we, we understand him more and we, we show him love as a result of that. Uh, and also for others, right? If we are spending time with them, listening to them, getting to know them, asking them questions, uh, we can have a better understanding of them the more time we spend with them, the more valuable time we spend with them so that we can what? Better know how to love them. Right? The more time we spend with God and know God, the, the ways we know how to love God better. Um, and, and we make better use of our, of our lives and our time and our relationships. You know, the goal of this podcast today is to encourage you to continually work on developing a heart of understanding. Uh, whether that be some problematic person at work, whether that be your spouse, your children, your in-laws, your neighbors, someone at church, try to get to understand them more. Try to learn more about them, their background, their personality, their, their likes, their dislikes, what makes them tick, their thoughts, right? All, all of these things, what they love, what, what, they, what they hate, the sins they struggle with. Right? That, that takes getting to know someone 
intimately. That takes spending a lot of time with them. But if we're going to sit back and be the older son and judge others and be jealous of others and be very prideful in how we approach others, that's not showing them love, right? That's, it, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes a willingness to learn. It takes a heart of, of just wanting to get to know someone more to love them better and to help them and minister to them in a way that you never could before. And so when we look at this, we can even apply this to practical mission work, right? Uh, if you go to a new area, whether it be stateside, whether it be foreign, you go to a new area and you just say, well, let's start having meetings. And you open up a facility, you invite people, you preach Christ to them, and um, you, know, you just expect the church to develop like this. Uh, and that's, that's really as far as you ever go with it. And if people come to Christ and become a part of the church, you, you celebrate, you report those numbers. If they don't, um, then you get bitter, you shake the dust out of your feet, and you go somewhere else. Well, let me offer a different approach. Um, what if we went into an area with the desire to understand them, right? To know how to better minister to them, how to better love them. What if we went into a new area and we started asking them questions, spending lots of time with them, getting to know them, inviting them into your life, them inviting you into their life, making adequate time to spend a lot of time with people to understand them better and to love and minister to them better. I, I mean, that's, that's kind of the approach that we took with our church in St. Petersburg, not to say that by any means that's a thriving church at the moment. Uh, I wouldn't say that at all, but, um, but I will say this. There's not a single person that I feel like we had a meaningful interaction there that I couldn't just start speaking to and catch back up with or already am caught up with and speaking to and we keep a relationship going and have kept a relationship going even though we haven't been there in a couple years or more than a couple years and that's the reason that we're able to do that is because we took time to try to understand these people and because of that, we can minister, their, minister to them on a more personal level and love them on a more personal level. And so um, I think it's, it's a good approach. It's not as fast and flashy. Um, there, there probably should be some sort of balance in it all. But, um, you know, Westerners in a lot of the world, there's not a very positive image of missionaries because people are viewed as numbers, because people are viewed as objects, because they are intelligent enough to understand that some guys are just going in there to get numbers. And maybe they love them, but it doesn't come across that way. And so a lot of 
in my opinion, a lot of cultures are really turned off, especially educated cultures, intellectual cultures are really turned off by the Western approach to missions where we uh, traditionally have really numerically put everybody to a number. And, uh, and, and it's just people can see past that. And it's, I feel like there's a better way. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of times on Jesus, you know, he really invested a lot of his time into 12 men during his ministry. I mean, this is the son of God here. If, if, if there were somebody to say, hey, we have 12 dedicated, or actually not even all of them, <laughs> we, have, we have 12 people uh, that we're working with in our mission effort or in our church, and, uh, you know, one of them actually is, is, is not saved and is doing something really bad. Some others are, are not very faithful. In fact, they all have faith struggles. They, they're doing okay overall. Like, what if that was our report? I mean, I feel like it, sometimes if we read Jesus' report of his ministry with the 12 and, and what he was doing specifically with them, we would think that Jesus wasn't a what we would consider a successful uh, pastor or, or missionary or, or minister or, any, or anything like this. And that's really, really, really sad um, that it's come to that point that really so much has changed to where we, we just don't take time to get to know people anymore. I feel like Jesus spent a lot of time getting to to understand these disciples and letting them get to understand and know him a little more. He built a relationship with them. I mean, he was the son of God. He didn't, like, he already knew about these guys because he was the son of God. But still, uh, that's a great example to us to, to follow, that we really just spend time getting to understand someone so that we can minister to them better and love them better. And so I say all that to say this. <laughs> also, um, you know, here at Heartway, we do want to see anyone and everyone in ministry do well and thrive. And we want you to be thriving, your families to be thriving, your minister ministries to be thriving. And so if there's ever a need just to have a safe place to talk through some things, to work out some things, uh, here at Hartway we can be a safe place for you. Um, where we keep things confidential, uh, which makes our reports probably incredibly boring to read. <laughs> but honestly, uh, we keep things confidential. Um, we, we understand the importance of that, and we're honestly wanting to understand and know you better so that we can better minister to you and love you. Um, and so if you would give us that opportunity to pour into you in some way through counseling or, or coaching or mediation or crisis management, uh, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, 
uh, we, we would love to, to help you in, in any way that, and that we can. Uh, that's where our heart's at. And so I hope you're able to take some time this week and just um, chew on this thought about understanding those around you better to be able to better minister to them and love them. Until next time, this has been the Heartway Podcast, where we seek to help with issues at the source.